jasoncharles.net. Deep talk, deep sounds. This is the Carl Arrington Archive on jasoncharles.net. This is Carl Arrington. The following episode features an excerpt of my interview with Madonna, recorded in March of 1985, just before her Virgin tour in the La Mondrian Hotel in Los Angeles. In the background, you may hear some crinkling noise, and that is a bag of popcorn that Madonna insisted on eating throughout the interview. So what have, what have you actually accomplished in my life? No, no, what have you bought with um, what do you buy besides like, clothes? clothes? I'm not a really material person. I never have been. And when I didn't have money, I always found ways to like survive anyways. And money was never be a big deal to me. It isn't now. Well, I mean, the money is part of stardom and fame. And that's something that, that uh-huh. you, you have clearly wanted. I mean, it's something you pursued. You know? I wanted fame. I, I never, I never I said I want to be rich and famous. I said I want to be famous. I never said rich. Bullshit. They go together. Fine, they go together. But I'm just saying, when I thought of being, when I thought of what I wanted to be, when I thought you of like my goals and aspirations, I wanted the whole world to know who I was and to love me and be affected by me somehow. I never thought, I want five houses, I want twelve cars, I want a jacuzzi. You know what I mean? I never thought that. I never said I want a fur coat or a Corvette or anything. I never said that. I, I never dreamed Rubber of those bracelets things. And lots of Everything I wear is so cheap anyways. I mean, let's face it. I mean, I wanted the fame part, believe me. I never consciously thought of it. Well, uh, so where, where did that spring from? If, you, if, it, wasn't, if, if, it, wasn't, if it wasn't a desire for, for money, which is normally how we towed up success, where, where does the, the desire for I mean, I guess there's some clear things in terms of, you know, being one of many children, attention, like that, but I mean, attention is different than international acclaim. It's true, but you'll find that most people who achieve an incredible stardom had, like, family problems or (laughs) felt unloved. Most everybody has family problems. Well, I felt like when my mother died and my father later remarried, I felt like a tremendous injustice was done to me. I felt I really got cheated. Uh-huh. And I never felt completely understood or clear uh, for what I was or clearly loved. And I kept thinking that... How old were you? Seven. And um, I mean, when my mother died, we spent a lot of time with the relatives on my mother's side of the family. I mean, they, my grandmother took some kids. My mother's sister took so some... So you got other- farmed out for a while. Oh, yeah, we got farmed out everywhere. That's one of the painful things that I had to go through, which I will get to in a minute. I mean, I was dumped off at friends' house, and I'd spend the week at my friends down the street, and on the weekends I'd go home and see my father because my father couldn't care for us all. Right. And um, I was very close and very attached to my mother's side of the family. I look like my mother. I'm named after my mother. And I kind of in my mind thought like I was going to, I had to take over. I had to like sort of, I said, there's a reason, I mean, it's very unusual for a, a, an Italian, for a woman, period, to name a daughter after her, let alone a traditional Catholic Italian family. The father didn't name a son after him. The mother named a daughter. I mean, that's so weird. Have you ever heard of it? 
I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Have you ever heard of anyone doing it? Of a, of a mother naming a daughter? After her? Sure. My little sister's name is Susan Grace. My mother's name is Grace. But her first name isn't the same, and Madonna is a strange name. Okay, come on. Well, no, I, no, I, I felt I, like there was a reason that yeah. I had to, like, live up to my name. I knew I had a very unusual name. Right. I had my mother's name, and I knew that something... I just knew that something special was going to be... My life was going to be very special. You know? So, I mean, believe me, I've had my fair share of hard knocks along the way, but... Uh, you know, I don't feel like life sucks for me because I'm a girl. Uh -huh. Or that... And, and I, in a lot of ways, I think guys are suckers, you know, and they... And, and I'm in I've been in control all along. <laughs> I think that's clear. <laughs> I, I think that's... Finally figure, I finally got it. That it's like... Like you were wearing the belt, but it's like, like boy toy. It's not like you're the boy toy. It's like the boy is the toy. I mean, exactly. You, you capitalize on you can't, explain it. Right. You capitalize you know, on our. <laughs> capitalize on everybody else's ignorance. Right. Exactly. And, and see, the whole idea yeah. about the tag name and where it originated uh -huh. from is like in New York, as uneducated as all these graffiti writers are. I mean, let's face it, none of them went to school past eighth grade. Most of them, most of these kids that. Right live on the streets in New York and break dance at the Roxy and, you know, write their names on the wall and get paid $10,000 a painting. Right. Um, they all have tag names that are very funny. There's all, there's always like four or three different meanings to the word. You, and everybody chose a name because of that. Yeah. In New York. Not, I don't expect people in Idaho to get that. And I'm not going to try to explain it because you right. got to live there to understand it. Right. But that... I chose that name when I was hanging out with a bunch of like Puerto Rican guys on a block one day. We were just hanging out, and I was thinking I was gonna write my name on the wall, my name, my name, Madonna. But then I thought, no, I don't want to go around and write Madonna everywhere. So I was thinking, toy boy, then boy toy. And I just like put the thing around boy toy, and then all these girls like going, oh, that's chill, that's cool, because you know. And I just saw it. I was like laughing to myself. Yeah, that's really funny, you know. I mean, and then I started writing it everywhere, and they all have belt buckles that say that, you know, yeah. their name. And I, so then I got this, it's definitely a New York thing, a statement that most people, like, when you try to explain it, I started wanting it to be my sort of mysterious trademark. People could take it for one way, but to me it had a lot of different meanings. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. No, I understand. So that's what that's all about. Hey, the way people are going to think of my boy my boy toy belt the same way they're thinking of my song like a virgin right they're thinking that i'm going around telling everyone that i'm a virgin so everyone's making these jokes about me oh haha ha, she's not a virgin but that's not what i'm saying in the song i'm saying that a person makes me feel after all this bullshit that i've been through with guys abusing me or feeling worn out or used or whatever that this person makes me feel like it's the first time that it's ever right. happened to me right it's like new love or a new chance right. or something fresh People yeah. just hear the word version, and then right. that's it. That's what, it. The it, same thing as looking at my boy toy belt, and that's right. it. And that's the only but, way that you, they can view it. How does your, uh, I, I mean, it, it becomes a kind of an interesting web with, you know, the virgin, the Catholicism, your name, your mom. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a complicated it's stew. It's meant to be. I mean, of all these famous blondes, who, who, who are the archetypes that 
Who you brought up with? Well, Dietrich Lombard and uh, Richard yeah. Bardot and Marilyn Monroe. I've been compared to all of them yeah. in one conversation, one interview or another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and, I, and I like that because I've, I admire qualities in all of them. What qualities do you admire in Richard Bardot? I think she's fantastically sexy. And she's real petulant about her that I, I, I like. When I that she I saw in her movies. Mm. Um, what about Dietrich? Well, what about her? I mean, she's 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 brilliant. What what what? Blue what, Angel. What what if you could if you could borrow three things? From well, she's great because she made the most of what she had. She didn't have a great voice, but she could sing, and this is just sound incredible. And um. With, she had a very strange face, and I think it was hard. She, I think this guy, Von Sternberg, really helped her, the director that she first started working with, because he lit her just right, so to make her face look really, you know, interesting. And with makeup and whatever, she really transformed herself. If you see pictures of her before she went through this transformation, she looks kind of ugly, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, in traditional in a traditional way, but I think she made them... The, she didn't have your... um your typical like movie star thing, glamour thing, look wise or voice wise, you know, she had to kind of create something herself, mm-hmm. you know. Unlike Marilyn, who like just sort of had all those things. Of, of that amp, that yeah. blonde Amazon beauty thing, you know, bombshell, whatever. But I think I think Marlena Dietrich really kind of had to work things out, you know. And she's a pioneer. Um. She has a real toughness that I like, too. Yeah. I mean, you seem to be a real student of these women. Huh? I mean, you know a lot about these women. I mean, have you read biographies? And I mean, you... What, what is this... Mm-hmm. You seem prepared. Prepared for what? A when drug overdose? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, for... For movie uh, stardom? Yeah. I mean, you know about this stuff. Uh-huh. They did... Uh, they were like... In that era... A lot of them really were sort of kids off the street. Mm. Uh-huh. Well, you aren't a kid off the street. I mean, you are, but you... Because it's a different day and age now. You can't be a kid off the street. That's like, that's no, that God, idea. You know, that that's idea not is... true. That's not true. There's still plenty of, of Pop-Tarts in, in uh, New York. Well, I plan on sticking around for a long time. So maybe, I maybe, I don't know. Um, so maybe the more studied, calculated approach um, leads to longevity. You've been listening to my interview with Madonna, recorded in March of 1985. On the next episode, Ozzy Osbourne, from March of 1981, the blizzard of Oz. This is Carl Arrington. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Carl Arrington Archive on jasoncharles.net. The Carl Arrington Archive is a collection of hundreds of hours of rare, in-depth interviews with the greatest musicians, performing artists, and writers, conducted over four decades by veteran journalist Carl Arrington. For more information about the series and upcoming episodes, go to the Carl Arrington Archive on the JasonCharles.net Podcast Network Audio Dramas channel. 
Follow us on Instagram at Carl Arrington Archive and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information regarding licensing and full extended interviews, contact Carl Arrington Archive at gmail.com. JasonCharles.net. Deep talk, deep sounds. That was so deep.